الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Over the past few weeks we've been talking about the concept of being tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we could talk about this for many 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 weeks and months to come the premise as i've already mentioned is that progress on the path towards allah and progress on the path of deen come through two major venues or two major avenues the first is the effort that the individual makes through acts of worship anybody who claims to want to approach allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wants to develop themselves in deen they will have a regimen that they will be following that will be recitation of quran learning of the deen spending time in dhikr spending time in the masjid spending time in the company of the pious So these are the actions that we partake of in order to advance ourselves in deen and advance ourselves in the hereafter. But at the same time, along with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send tests. And those tests, they cannot be avoided. And those tests, they fall on everyone. And we've talked in, over the past few weeks about many of the details about, of, these, of these tests. But in particular... We've tried to emphasize and re-emphasize the point that nobody passes through this life without being tested. And that these tests are just as important as our routine. Because the nature of the exam is that Allah gives space and then tests the person. And then Allah gives space and then tests the person. And Allah gives space and then tests the person. And in that space, we advance towards Allah. But invariably, we come to a point where we're going to be tested. And last week, I spoke in detail of the concept of it's very similar to the way a student is in class. You'll see when the school year starts, the students are given lessons. And then eventually, there's a test. And then there's lessons. And then there's a quiz. And then there's lessons. And then there's an exam. And then there's lessons. And then there's a final exam. So the student is oscillating between lessons and tests. And the salik, the individual who is seeking Allah, and the individual who is developing themselves in deen, will always be in one of these states. Either they're worshipping with some space, or they're constricted by these tests. And again, emphasizing and re-emphasizing, there is nobody in this room that will escape that phase of being tested. Everyone gets tested. 
That is the nature of this life. Nobody lives here without tests. And the reason I keep harping on this is because last week we talked about some corollary issues related to this, which is that if everybody is tested, it's not our responsibility in life to run around and wonder why somebody else is being tested in, a, in, in way A, B, and C, and how come I'm being tested in another way. That's a deception placed in our mind to think that, you know, there's different deceptions, as, as I spoke about last week, but one major deception is, oh, everybody's, I'm, uh, I'm being tested and everybody else is relaxing. How come all the tests come on me and how come nobody else is being tested? You don't even need to see it. I'm just telling you, just as everybody breathes, everybody's being tested. It's that crystal clear. So that's a deception that comes in our minds that, okay, how come I'm being tested and everybody else has such an easy life and everybody else seems to be enjoying and everybody else seems to be relaxing and Allah puts all the tests on me, but that's not the way it works. It may look that way because a lot of times looks are very deceiving, but the reality is, is that there is no person that is not being tested. Everybody's being tested. That was one deception. Another deception. My tests are hard and everybody's tests are easy. How come I'm being tested with a hard test and nobody else has to deal with that test? That's a deception as well. Everybody's tests are difficult. Now, I mean, it's human nature to always look at ourselves and think that, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. But the reality is, is that there's everybody is being tested and everybody's being tested in their own way. But we, you know, mistakenly think that my test is so difficult and nobody else has to undergo this test. How come my child has an illness and nobody else's child has an illness? How come I suffered a loss and nobody else suffered this loss? But that's also a deception. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests everyone and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests everybody in a fair manner, in an equal manner. And that is out of our control. We don't have a right to question why one person's being tested in one way and why I'm being tested in another way. So this should be very, very clear to us as well. And actually, let me even take this one step further. If we are truly desiring to excel in deen and we truly want to approach Allah and we truly want nothing more, then I will tell you that a general principle is that that person's test is actually going to be more severe than the average test. It's actually a sign of progress that the person begins to experience tests. Rasulullah sallallahu he, he mentioned, and I'm just vaguely translating, but you know, the prophets were the most tested individuals. The severity, on the, test, the severity of the tests on the prophets was more than the average person. And then, after them, the righteous. And then, after them, and then, after them, and then, after them, implying that the degree of piety that an individual exhibits often leads to tests. Now, what happens in this day and age? We take it backwards. People tell me, I get these emails all the time, I started doing my routine and all of a sudden all these tests came on me. So I think that's a sign that I have to back away from the masjid. I have to back away from piety. I have to back away from giving sadaqah. I have to back away from uh, focusing on Quran. But that's actually the sign. That's the sign that the individual is advancing. It's not a sign that the person should back away. Because no one can escape without tests. And the more the individual wants to claim excellence, the more the tests come. You know, I mean, just think about it in life. I'll just give you the example in life. You know, uh, somebody comes to you and they say they want to become a lawyer. Okay? 
So they want to become a lawyer. So when they want to become a lawyer, what does that mean? They're going to have more tests or less tests? They're going to have more tests. They have to do this. They have to do the LSAT. They have to do the bar exam. They have to do the next test. They're going to have a series of tests that are going to come upon them. And they can't avoid that. Just by the mere notion of wanting to achieve excellence in something, tests are always secondary to that. We can't avoid that. So if a person claims that they want excellence in Dean, then the, the default response or the default circumstance that they place themselves in is that they will be tested and they will be tested severely. All right, that was uh, the sort of recap of everything that we've talked about over the past few weeks. Now, today's point. Today's point is that when these tests come upon us, there is a criterion of success and failure. When these tests come upon us, there is a criterion of success and failure. And it's important for us to know how to succeed in a test because otherwise, we undergo all the suffering and we get nothing out of it except failure. So, what is the differentiating factor between success and failure? The differentiating factor is patience. When a person is tested, the requirement and the way by which they can succeed is to exhibit patience. And anything else results in failure and actually just brings upon that person loss. So, for example, I don't know. Let's give, let me just give you an example. Um, I don't know. There's a death. Okay. A person loses their child. So, it's a very, very severe test for an individual to lose their child. The severity of that test comes with, a, comes with an extreme reward. That severity of that test comes with an extreme reward. However, in order to pass that test and earn that reward, the individual who loses their child has to exhibit patience. And what type of patience do they have to exhibit? Naturally, there'll be pain in the heart. That's accepted. That's understood. There's no, no harm, no foul if there's pain in the heart. But if a person complains, they lose the benefit of that test. Now think about this for a second. Let me just, let's just say, there's a person, there's person A, okay, person's name is Zaid. Zaid loses a young child. Zaid's the father and Zaid loses a young child. Or, or Zaid's wife loses a young child. So Zaid's wife is the mother, obviously. You can, no matter what you do, you can never bring back that child. You can cry as much as you want. You can complain as much as you want. You can blame as many people as you want. That child can never come back, correct? That test is done. That test has been established. The only way to take anything good out of that test is to exhibit patience. If a person exhibits patience and says, Alhamdulillah, this is what Allah wrote. I have pain in my heart. But Allah will cause that pain to go over time. But this is what Allah wrote. I am happy with my Lord. If this is what He wrote and this is what He decided for me, then I am content with it. Then that person succeeds the test. That person passes the test. In fact, the person passes the test with flying colors and gains immense reward on the Day of Judgment. But if the person says... I can't believe this happened to me. Why me? Why me? How come me? What did I do wrong? 
Oh, I know it's this person's fault. This person has been reading all these negative du'as against my family for the past 20 century, 20 uh, decade, you know, 20 years, two decades worth of all this, and it's, I'm blaming it on this person. I'm going to blame it on that person. Oh, you know, this is just such a severe test that I just have to complain about it. I have to complain about it. I can't believe why did Allah do this to me? Person becomes very negative against Allah subhanahu wa taala. Naudhu billah. They fail the test. And what did they gain out of it? No peace is going to come to the heart from that. The child is not going to be brought back to life from that. The issues in the world are not going to be resolved by that. But they lost the reward in the hereafter and gained nothing here. All of us will undergo tests. We'll undergo financial tests. We'll undergo tests of loss of health. We'll undergo tests of circumstances in which people interact with us in a way that we feel that they shouldn't be interacting with us. But the only way to survive and succeed and gain from those tests is to exhibit patience. Now, if the, if the mother who loses her young child has not been given comp- permission to complain, then what other person on this planet has the right to complain? That's got to be one of the most difficult tests that a person can imagine. So what right does anybody else have to complain about any circumstance that falls upon them? And we're always complaining. We're complaining, why did my in-laws treat me this way? Why did I not get this much? How come these people have this much wealth and I don't have that wealth? How come my business transactions didn't go right? We have no right to complain about any single thing. We should be constantly pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what He does. There's multiple benefits with that. Number one, if we're always pleased with whatever He's decided, then we gain the reward of patience during any difficulty. And number two, He will increase us in the bounties that He bestows upon us. Rasulullah he mentioned in a very interesting hadith, the state of every believer is always good. The, the affair of every believer is always good. It's very interesting. The affair of the believer is always good. If afflicted with something beneficial, they thank Allah. And if afflicted with a calamity, they exhibit patience. So there's no way you can lose. Because if Allah gives something good and you say you thank Allah, then you gain the benefits of that in this life and the next. And if a test befalls a person and the person's patient, they gain a reward in this life and the next. And that reward in the the next life will be so extreme that people will wish that they also had calamities fall upon them. I read a statement of 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 a sheikh, a very interesting statement. He makes a statement that he feels as if on the day of judgment, people will wish that their skin was cut with scissors when they see the reward of the people who bore difficulty with patience. Listen very carefully. On the day of judgment, people will wish that their skin was cut with scissors when they see the reward of the, uh, of the, of the people who bore difficulty with patience. So basically what's being stated? What's being stated is that on the day of judgment, when people see the reward that Allah grants to those who exhibited patience in the face of difficulty, people will wish that difficulty came upon them as well. So what's the challenge? 
the challenge is to be patient. Now, I mean, what, what, are, what are ways that we, um, you know, what are ways in which we might fail being patient? We'll complain. Why me? Why, why everybody else? Why, why me? Why not anybody else? Why is it I'm the only one that has to undergo this test? Why is everybody else, uh, you know, in, in a circumstance that appears that they're not being tested? That's deception. And that's the way by which we bypass the, exhib- the exhibiting of patience. We have no right to ever complain about anything. People who are on this path, people who are striving towards deen, there should never be a complaint. It's amazing. I started talking about patience. I started talking about trials. Now I'm getting emails about people telling me, let me tell you my trials. Then there's these long emails about, I'm undergoing this and this and this. Oh, I need to speak to you because you're speaking about trials. I need to talk to you about the trials that, I'm, that are actually coming, coming upon me. We should not be complaining about a single thing. We're always in a positive state. If Allah is expanding our circumstance and granting us access, alhamdulillah. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constricting us and putting us through a little bit of difficulty, alhamdulillah. It's all good. Because all of it ends results in the end in what actually matters, which is the hereafter. This life makes no difference. Whatever happens in this life will be totally forgotten. No one will remember it. The only thing that will be remembered will be what will happen on the day of judgment. So we have to learn how to convert every circumstance into success and the hereafter. And the only way to convert every circumstance to success in the hereafter is to be happy with whatever the circumstance is, regardless of what it is. That's the way that we turn difficulty into gold. Look at Rasulullah's life and how difficult it was. And where, find me any circumstance in which Rasulullah complained about something. We don't have, we have, we have like, I mean, our complaints are so petty. Why isn't the food warm? Why are there two, two pieces of bread? Why are there two pieces of bread, you know, instead of three? I mean, if we, if we actually had like a camera, we could just re- video record ourselves. I'll talk about this a whole other day, but we could video record ourselves and just look at how we, how, how our adab and our manners. We have just the most petty things to say. Anybody who's serious about approaching Allah and serious about the hereafter would can never have a complaint about anything, no matter what the circumstance is. The only complaint they can have is that, Ya Allah, I haven't worshipped you the way you deserve to be worshipped. Ya Allah, I haven't worshipped you the way you deserve to be worshipped. Ya Allah, I haven't sacrificed for you the way I should be sacrificing. Ya Allah, I haven't applied myself to deen the way I should be applying myself to deen. These are the only complaints. Why do I say that? Because yes, it's human nature. We're programmed to complain. I recognize that. It's genetically embedded in us to complain. But the point is that when a person comes upon deen, they turn that genetic propensity to complaining towards complaints about themselves in the face of deen and cancel all other complaints. So yeah, we will complain. It's, it, every human being complains. But we complain about ourselves and our inability to fulfill deen the way it should be fulfilled. Our inability to enter deen completely the way we should have entered it. Aside from that, there's nothing else to say. Somebody says to you, 
How are things going? Alhamdulillah. That's not an invitation. You know, somebody says, how are things going? Now let me spend 25 minutes, brother, telling you how things are really going. That's not the circumstance. That's not the inv- it's not an invitation. People take that as an invitation. You know, the moment you say, how are you? Then they say, oh, okay, okay. Well, that's the, the window's open. Let me, let me, you know, show you what's going on. Anybody says, how are you? Alhamdulillah. That's it. There's nothing else to say. Anything wrong, any difficulty? Alhamdulillah, brother. Alhamdulillah. Allah created me. Allah gave me the opportunity to worship Him. Allah gave me the opportunity to reflect on deen. And Allah put me in a community of righteous and pious people. And I don't know. I, don't, I can't find anything wrong. There's nothing to complain about. Everything is from Allah. Alhamdulillah. This is the, this is the dhikr that should pervade us. It should just completely penetrate our our existence. Alhamdulillah. <coughs> yeah, and there's a strike once in a while. You know, once in a while you get hit. You get hit. You know, you get blindsided and you get hit. And yeah, there's a there's a reaction for that, and it's already established in Deen. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Some calamity hits a person, and it just catches them off guard. The first strike. The response to the first strike, take a deep breath, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. That's it. No other complaint. That was really difficult. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. This was so difficult. This was so hard on me. I need to tell you. I need to show you. There's none of that. We're just completely content with everything that Allah has bestowed upon us. We are completely happy with Him. In fact, we are even happy with the test because we know that if we are believers and we take shahada, every test is beneficial for us. Why is every test beneficial for us? Because with every calamity, sins are taken from us. And we wouldn't have been able to do it ourselves. With every calamity we are raised a, a degree towards Allah and we wouldn't have been able to do it ourselves. And again, what is, what, what is our goal? We only have one goal. We need to get to Jannah. However we get there, it's fine. We need to get to Jannah. Everything else is going to be erased. Everybody's path is going to completely be forgotten. If a person's path is this way or this way or through this calamity or through this act of ibadah, it's all forgotten. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is testing an individual, it's actually a sign that Allah desires to advance them. When everything is going perfect and nothing's going wrong, that's a sign that there's, there's a problem. That's a sign that there's a problem. We should be very, very particular to recognize that no matter what we do, if we desire to achieve Allah and we desire to achieve excellence in this deen, there will come tests. There will come tests upon us individually. There will come tests come test upon our family. There will come tests upon the community. There will come tests upon the ummah. That is a sign. That is a sign that you are actually progressing. Like I told you last week, if your student in high school tells you there's no tests, he's probably not going to school. He's probably not showing up in class. How can there be no tests? There, the, the definition of school is that there's tests. 
The definition of deen is that there will be tests. How do you pass the test? You can't control the test. You can't decide which test. You don't go and pick off the shelf and say, I like that one and I don't like that one. Allah sends them and we have no choice. The only way we pass the test is to remain always grateful to Allah. Always thankful to Allah. To always find something, some silver lining in that cloud and to say, Alhamdulillah, and to be grateful towards Him. If Allah gives us a period of expanse where there is no difficult test upon us and we have some space, we take advantage of it. We praise Allah, we worship Allah, we fulfill all of our acts of deen, and we, do, we, we aim towards excellence in supererogatory acts. And if a circumstance comes upon us in which we're constricted and the space is a little tight and a test has come upon us, then we exhibit, exhibit absolute patience. Absolute patience, the only thing on our tongue is praise of Allah, whether that be in good circumstances or bad. And everyone needs to be clear on this because there's no avoiding it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who are always grateful for the good that he bestows upon us. And may he make us among those who are always uh, patient during any difficulty that he causes to befall us. وَآخُرَ التَّعْوَانَ أَنِ الْحَمْدَ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ